Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. The gospel lesson this morning is from the Gospel of Luke. It's a story of two older people who hang around the temple. Church people. Man, a woman, Simeon and Anna, good, faithful, stalwart people who have not only known God but loved him for decades. And their faithfulness is rewarded when they are prompted to be there at a time when the baby Jesus would be presented by his parents. Hear the word of God as it comes to us from the Gospel of Luke. Eight days after Jesus' birth, he was circumcised and named Jesus. The name given him by the angel even before he was conceived. Then it was time for their purification offering, or required as required by the law of Moses, the birth of the child. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says, if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offered the sacrifice required in the law, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly awaiting the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him, and he revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace. As you have promised, I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to be a joy to many others. He will be sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. Anna the prophet was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher. She was very old. Her husband died when she had been married only seven years, and she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph. And she began praising God. 
She asked about the child to everyone. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. When Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the law of the Lord, they returned home to Nazareth in Galilee. There the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom, and God's favor was on him. God had his understanding to this hearing of his word. So my daughter and her, my youngest daughter and her husband and their three obstreperous little boys live in Bend, Oregon. And when my father died in 2012, after the fact, we divided up some stuff, the vast majority of it all very sentimental. And, and James and Amy have two oars that they have on their family room wall hanging up over the fireplace. And the oars are from my grandpa, so their great-grandpa. So when grandpa was a young man, he had six kids. He took them all out on a boat on Liberty Lake outside Spokane, Washington. And with those, when he was done with the kids out on the water, he came back and he he marked those oars 99 plus and had a Swedish crown and then that, that number, 99 plus. And he told his kids, I'm going to live to be 100 years old. And so the kids took that as a very wonderful statement by their grandpa. And he, he loved them and raised this, this magnificent family three of whom were veterans of the Second World War, and they all lived long lives. The two older ones lived to be 97. Dad was 96. His twin brother was only 70, but the younger brother was 84, and there's one still alive. Aunt Carol is living in Washington State. But I think that they took that as a challenge to them to live long, live well, do the right thing in your life. And it's a, it's a gift to have that sense of, of purpose in life. That we're here for a reason. And we have to live long to maybe understand what that reason is. What is the purpose that we are here now let's face it, when we ask ourselves that very question, what we're asking is a, question, is, a, is a question about the nature of our relationship with God. Because if there is no God, there is no purpose. If there's no God, there's no meaning. We are all just kind of a, an act, accident of the universe having emerged out of a primordial slime. But if we're created... If God has breathed into our nostrils the breath of life, we are here for a reason. So much of our life is about asking, why am I here? What is my contribution to be? So Simeon had that deep sense that he was to be a one who would live until God had given uh, a promise fulfilled. 
that he would live until such time that he would lay his eyes upon the Messiah, upon the promised one to the nation of Israel. And the Spirit prompted him to go to the temple on that particular day. And here's this young couple with this little round six-month or six-week-old baby, little boy, cutest little thing. And he goes and he meets the couple, he explains who he is, what God had said to him, and they give him the baby. This older man cradles this baby in his arms. And I'm certain with a smile on his face, he said, Lord, let now thy servant depart in peace according to your word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. His life realized meaning and purpose and was so good. And the tenderness of of a man so full of years with a baby just starting out. So beautiful. So lovely. Don't you love being out and just seeing little kids? It's the best thing in the world. I was at Sam's not long ago, and there was a young family. They must have had five kids. And uh, the kids were all acting up. Two of them were riding in the, in the grocery cart. Three of them were grabbing stuff. And mom and dad were constantly trying to get them to behave. And I, I went, went to the dad and I said, you know, the, the return line is over there if you want to take them back. He said, I would, but I would get nothing for these kids. <laughs> and we love it. We love it. And um, Simeon loved him. And then Anna was there looking on. And it was such a such an important and heady moment for both of them. And so Joseph and Mary do what was required of them. She goes through the purification. He goes through the dedication, which was one of those things that was required of the firstborn son in a, in a family, dedicated to the Lord. And then they, they went home and it says that the child grew and became strong. So good. So it is for, for us. Why are we here? What is the reason God has put us here? And, and even, even if we have no sense of God whatsoever, I, I have some dear friends of mine who are, who are atheists, but they still ask the same question of themselves. Why am I here? What is my purpose? And that's a, a quest. It's a, a question that we ask ourselves. And it ultimately has its answer in one place. And that's in our relationship with God. The reality is, your life story is about your relationship with God. The story of your life, with all of the many things that you do, all the things that you go through, is ultimately about your personal relationship with God. Because that's where that question finds its beginning and, and its answer.
tell my kids I want to live to be 100 because I also am a legacy of my grandpa out on Liberty Lake. And so I, I do what I have to do. I exercise, I eat well, kind of, and uh, try to stay strong, try to, try to stay healthy and, and all of that, go to the doctor on a regular basis. But then things happen along the way. And we're confronted by the reality of our mortality. And it's hard for me to identify exactly when I acknowledged or recognized my own mortality. Because I think when we're young, we think we're all going to live forever. We can do anything, go anywhere. But there were certain incidents along the way. I still remember so well, I was 42 years old, and I was out with my kids on the basketball court out in the front yard, and my son said, hey, Dad, go dunk it. I couldn't dunk it. I couldn't do it anymore. What is this? And then about 10 years later, I got the phone call from the doctor's office told me I had to go back because my PSA was high. I ended up going up to the University of Chicago for, for surgery. And so I had attached to my own personal history the C word, which many of, many of us share. And as time goes by, things happen. Things occur that we just hadn't experienced before. As the body begins to do what our bodies do, and that is they, they begin to tire or break down. My years as an athlete are starting to fight me back, my hips. Every now and then, knee or ankles. You know what I'm talking about. It's true for all of us. But in, in acknowledging our mortality, we know that our days are limited. But we also live with, not yet, Lord. I'm not ready. I don't want to go. I want to live a long life. And I want to be strong all my life. And yet, these words of Simeon are almost counterintuitive to the way we live. When he says, Lord, now, I'm ready. Anytime. Anytime. And I've had that experience with some of our dear people as they recognized that their time had arrived. People of faith, the latest was just this week when on your behalf I visited Mary Ann on her deathbed. And she smiled. And she knew. And she smiled. Let us now, thy servant, depart in peace. So in 2012, I went back to Spokane, 
late July for Dad's birthday, Christmas time, I always have to do church. So after, after Christmas, Dad's birthday was the 26th of January, and so I always go up there after, after Christmas and hanging out with Dad. I, uh, out of the blue, he told me, Dad always used to brag about this. He always, always used to say how he would give out bulletins at the church. He said, I'd rather be a gatekeeper in the house of the Lord than, than sit among the, in the seat of scoffers and the wicked, which is one of the Psalms. But he said to me, he said, Kurt, I'm not going to be doing, I don't, I don't do the bulletins anymore. I'm not hang, handing out the bulletins anymore. And I knew that was Dad's way of telling me he was ready. And I remember hearing that and thinking, Dad, no, no. You're only 96. And then he was gone that Memorial Day in May. But men and women of faith, when, when they are at that time, when the Lord gives them a sign that their time is now, they don't face the abyss. They stand at the portal. They don't, they don't stand there with darkness in front of them. They stand there and the light is beginning to break through. And a smile engulfs their countenance. Lord, let us now, thy servant, depart in peace according to thy word. That's the life of faith. And central to that is the recognition that your, my life story is our relationship with God. Will you bow with me in prayer? Thank you, O Lord, that our story is part of your story, that we are completely enmeshed with your will, Thank you, O Lord, for the purpose, the meaning, the joy of this life entrusted to us that you might be glorified. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.